0: Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Robin Lee helped start Nexus Impact Center, the first co working space in Indiana dedicated to social impact. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters.
1: You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living.
0: Robin, welcome to the All Indiana Podcast Network Studios. Thank you for joining us on Local Matters. Thanks for having me, Mel. It's so good to see you. Saw you a couple weeks ago at our big networking event at your facility. Thank you so much for hosting us. Yes. Had the chance to have a few tours now. An amazing facility, but there's so much more to it. For those that aren't familiar with Nexus Impact Center... Uh, tell us what it is and how it got started.
1: Yeah. So for those that also aren't familiar with co-working spaces, because we're a co-working space, it's like a gym membership for work. So the concept is you go into a space and you share resources with other small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. So you have a copy machine, faxing, printing, secure shredding, free coffee, and shared meeting room space. And um, the I call the co working membership like a gym membership for work, but we also have private offices so that our members as they grow their business, they can move out of co working and into a private office. And as they hire employees, grow into a larger office to where eventually one day the success is that they've grown so large that they leave Nexus. Which is a great step, right? Mm-hmm. It's it quick. is. You
0: want the birdies to leave the nest, yes, right? Absolutely.
1: So, if you've driven around
0: four sixty five on the northwest side, you are on top of is it Mercy Mercy Road Church? Ch- Mercy Road mm-hmm. Church. So they're the top floor, uh, right near Michigan Road. It's mm-hmm. pretty hard to miss. Like if you don't look out the window, probably shouldn't be driving, <laughs> right? We are
1: right across the street from the iconic pyramids. Yes, yes. yes. And what uh, what went into that location?
0: How did that location come about?
1: Well, so we're a nonprofit social enterprise, and the founders of Nexus all went to church at Mercy Road. And so they kind of, there were actually four of them, and they each had a similar but different vision of how businesses could use their work for good. And so the church was thinking about having another plant, Location and they found this location that was quite large at 60,000 square feet, and they knew that they didn't need a space that large. So, some of these founders said, Well, what if we lease the top floor from the church? So, that's kind of what came about. But it's a phenomenal location right off the highway mm-hmm. with tons of free parking. If you, you know, drive up to Lafayette or anywhere around town, you're right off of I 465. Right. Mm-hmm. So talk about, you've mentioned social
0: impact a few times mm-hmm. now. For those that aren't familiar with a social impact enterprise, you know, what mm-hmm. does that mean, really?
1: Yeah. So we're all familiar with traditional nonprofits. They start because they are working on some type of issue or aid or help in the world, right? So they're impact-based. Um, a For-profit, traditional for-profit business has a product or service that they want to sell to make money a social enterprise is smack in the middle and they use a product or service that they sell to fund a social cause. So, um, a social enterprise can be for profit or nonprofit. We are a nonprofit, but, um, so what that means for a nonprofit is we don't just rely on donations and grants only about 10% Ten percent of our revenue comes from donations and grants, and where our revenue comes from is a more of an enterprise model by selling memberships, renting out meeting and event room space, and leasing offices.
0: And so, you're trying to show people that you can be a business, you can make a profit, and still do good in the world.
1: Absolutely. And so, yes. what has it been
0: like to kind of bring all these businesses together in one place?
1: So, it's been really great. You know, we we launched right in front of the pandemic in January 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Great timing. Yes. Um, And which was a little bit scary for any business out there that launched at that time. You're kind of wondering what the heck's happening here and if you're going to make it. But we made it and it has been so fulfilling to see the small business owners, and the nonprofits come together that are like-minded. Like, they care about the community. They care about Indiana and Indianapolis. They care about the people here. They want to keep people employed. Um, It's just great. So one thing that I think is a benefit of co-working, and I'd never worked in a co-working space, but is, you know, everybody now has probably had the opportunity to work at home or at least do the hybrid thing. And co-working is like saying okay, I I don't necessarily want to go into the office either because it's a long commute or a long drive, or maybe I don't really like my coworkers that much, Mm -hmm. which people don't like to say. But if you can find a coworking space, you get to pick that it's close to your home and it's the type of people you like to be around, Mm -hmm. which is really great because we um, I think we're fueled by the people that are around us we've heard that you're you know if you want to know something about the person see their closest friends yeah right yeah so those we spend time with really influence kind of our outlook in the world how we spend our time um if we believe in ourselves or Mm -hmm. not well sometimes people just need that energy yes
0: too i know you know my personality i don't do well working from home that's a shocker right i know you would (laughs) never guess that right you never guess that i really like people Um, But, you know, I I do get distracted easily. I get my energy from being around other people. I get excited for other people and inspired by other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny, you know, people are like, you know, oh, co-working spaces, you can just go to a library. No, it's not the same. Mm -mm. Right. Libraries are quiet. Mm -hmm. You don't have all of the resources that are available at a co-working space like yours. Um, But again, it's quiet. Right, like they're not, Mm -hmm. there's not a cheering section Mm -hmm. for you if you have a big win. You can't necessarily just walk up to someone. That you sort of kind of know and be like, hey, can you right. take a look at this for me? Right. You know, so you really have that collaboration. Yes. In that model, too.
1: And I really believe we were designed for community. Like whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or whatever, like we need people around us. And so have you I'm assuming you've been to a Brazilian steakhouse before I the sure red have. green flip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we actually had a sponsor. Um, that Almond Johnson CPAs that made us these little red green flips. So when you see that it's on the green, it means, hey, I'm open to conversation and connecting today. And it's on the red, then it means, hey, I'm heads down and working because you need the co-working space for both. You sometimes need to get out of the house because you need to focus. Like you don't need Mm -hmm. the dog or the cat or the kids distracting you or the laundry. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's yeah. (laughs) Um, But then also you need the people. So sometimes you need that connection and you need somebody to cheer you on. And that's sometimes what the struggle is in starting your own business is you don't have that team mm-hmm. around you to cheer you on. Yeah. It can be a very lonely, lonely, lonely island. Yes, absolutely.
0: Now, Robin, did you always see yourself running a co-working space or, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: <laughs> You're going to laugh at this, but you know, I was a child of the eighties Uh huh. So I had really big hair. (laughs) I had like killer bangs. Yeah, I I can imagine. You have great hair now, so I imagine it was very trendy then. (laughs) I wanted to be a hairstylist, actually, when I was younger. I could totally see that, though. (laughs) I really could. But I started making budgets. I didn't call them budgets, but I started making budgets when I was like seven years old. Really? And I would take like money that I got for my birthday or Christmas and I would write it down and I would have columns like I want to be able to, I was a professional wrestling groupie when I was a preteen uh-huh. and I wanted on to go to the matches and I would write all this stuff out. And my mother actually said, you need to be an accountant. And Yeah, I, I needed
0: a friend like you growing up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually went to college and I got my uh, CPA Oh, so I'm a CPA. Okay, and I um, started my career auditing, and I quickly I worked for a global company, KPMG, and I audited nonprofits and governments, and I was I've always just been drawn to helping people, mm-hmm. and so that industry is where I quickly decided to specialize in auditing, and then from there I've worked in um, county government in Oklahoma. That's where I'm from and ministry, and a foundation, and now a nonprofit social enterprise. So I've seen like all sides of social Uh impact with my experience. One thing
0: I want to touch on, you say the word auditing, Mm -hmm. and some people can be very scared by that word, but it's super important, right? Can you just kind of elaborate on what an audit is and why we shouldn't be so scared of those? (laughs) how they can be helpful?
1: First of all, I am not scary at all. Um, So, well, there are all types of audits. I did financial audits. And, you know, particularly when you're talking about a public company, so either for shareholders or a nonprofit where people are donating money, you want to know that that money is being taken care of, it's being reported properly, it's being invested well, that there's transparency, that people aren't being overpaid and all kinds of things. So it's really for the protection of all the stakeholders. So it's not really a scary thing. I think probably sometimes when people think scary... I kind of wonder if that's their conscious speaking. Right? <laughs> are you fudging on your taxes? Right. I think that's like, what you why think are you of. Nervous about in, being audited. Yes, What's but in general, audits are really for the good of everybody, especially when you're talking about in companies and nonprofits. Right, and they're they're, they're just really helpful, they right? are Which helpful. Still what you're doing yes. today, you're helping people every day. Yes. And even with auditing, you know, it wasn't about trying to catch someone doing something. We would make recommendations on process improvement and say, hey, this is something where we see a little bit of risk, where you could do this better and protect you, protect mm-hmm. your stakeholders. So, yes, but it was kind of my first step into helping. So.
0: Well, and I think being surrounded by people with so many different talents and different backgrounds, you know, that's a huge advantage of being in a co-working space that's not on the member benefits sheet.
1: Yes, it is. They, so, you know, when you start a business... I mean, that's what you work with as small business owners, mm-hmm. right? Um, you already said it's lonely. It can be lonely. And part of that is we only have a set amount of skills and talent. <laughs> yeah. But when you start a business, you have to wear all of the hats. And when you enter into a co-working space, you can find out, hey, I'm a CPA. I could help you with your books. You're great at marketing. You could help me with marketing and we can trade services cuz we aren't cash heavy right now. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that happens when you work in a co-working space, which is really I think some of the gold in the pot.
0: Mm-hmm. Robin, what motivates you to keep growing Nexus Impact Center and pushing forward?
1: Well, so this is going this may be a bit of a long answer, but I mentioned that I've worked on social impact from several different aspects and in 2019 I trekked to the base camp of Mount Everest. Don't know if you know. I'm that. sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> like seventeen thousand something. The base. Yeah. So it was only fifteen thousand. Oh, feet. only fifteen thousand. Yeah. Feet.
0: Okay. I was and, off by a few. <laughs>
1: um. A few but steps. so I trekked to the base camp of Mount Everest, and this was the year that I I I was starting to launch Nexus. It was the year we were prepping and doing renovation and stuff. So you often when you have those transitions in life. You kind of look back, like, what have I done with my life and what has changed? And especially with someone that's working in social impact, I kind of started to look back at the last 20, 25 years and say, are things really that different in the world? Like, I still feel like we're doing a lot of the same things, which are really band-aids to some of our social issues, the reactionary. Mm -hmm. And what I came to realize from working in ministry, government, audit, and nonprofit world is I don't think we're ever gonna make the headway we wanna make with social issues until for-profit businesses get in the game. If you think about where you spend most of your time, it's in your career and at work. Mm -hmm. And with the little bit of money or time you have left over to give to certain causes or organizations, we're just never gonna make the headway we want to make. So that's my motivation. I, I mean, I think we all want to see the next generation live in a healthier, happier, more equitable world. And I think the part of that answer lies in for-profit businesses embedding social impact into what they do.
0: Coming up, the challenges and successes Robin has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have 1.8 billion more dollars for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by BNW Plumbing, Heating, Cooling and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living.
2: Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local, independent restaurants. Because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods, we're local. This is our home too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com.
0: We've been chatting with Robin Lee of Nexus Impact Center, who opened the center in January of 2020. Now, launching the first co-working space in Indiana dedicated to social impact in January of 2020 had its own challenges, right, just because of the world. But what are, what's the hardest part about running a nonprofit?
1: Running a nonprofit or running it in twenty twenty?
0: <laughs> well, we got time. It's a podcast. I have yeah. no time limit. Which way do you want to go? Yeah.
1: So there, I, I'm going to answer it. Running in twenty twenty at least first. Okay. So when, you know, when the pandemic started to really bubble up, I think any business that was new started to wonder, are we going to make it? Like we don't have that solid base of customers for our space. We didn't have our offices filled. We had about 20 coworkers and we have the capacity for way, way, way more. Um, The fact that Meetings and events were about to go away for some unknown time. All of those were revenue streams. And then for us, being a nonprofit on top of that, part of our revenue model was that we would have some donations and sponsorships. But what happened in the world, understandably so, is sponsors corporate sponsors a they couldn't sponsor as much because they didn't know Mm -hmm. what was happening with their own business um donation wise people wanted to give to things directly related to the pandemic which is understandably so myself included Mm -hmm. i mean we started to look at so we do some type of fundraising and i thought i don't think morally i can do that like i wouldn't give i know that sounds horrible and you're My board's probably going to say, don't say that on a podcast, but I wouldn't.
0: No, but if I were on your board, I would want someone like you running our co-working center with that kind of mindset. What is priority? What do we need to put our energy and attention into?
1: Which is, you know, goes back to some of the reasons why we started the space in the first place is let's make sure we always keep focused on what we're after. And if we try to trump our needs with the greater public's needs, then we're totally out of line with what we're all about. So, um, so we've had, we've had some of the same challenges everybody has had during 2020. And then that, like I said, the added on being a nonprofit and yes, there was giving going on in 2020 and some increases in giving, but it was for stuff outside of economic development Mm -hmm. for the most part. It was more those immediate needs because people were losing so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and you have such a beautiful space too. Your meeting space is wonderful. We use it for our networking events. Just you know, full disclosure here, mm-hmm. and to have that plan in place, to have that vision, and then to have the brakes put on, yeah, full force,
1: yeah. What was that like for you personally? Of course, it was disheartening, um, but we constantly tried to reevaluate. Okay, so the world has changed and is changing. And what do we do to meet the needs in the world? So one thing that we actually did in the fall of 2020 is we realized, you know, you just saw so much mental health issues, right? And depression and loneliness and suicide. And because we, again, we're meant to be in community. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, so businesses aren't having trainings and seminars and conferences, but people want to get together, But they're getting together with their family. So we actually started promoting the use of our event room, which holds 100 people, that you can use it for personal gatherings like baby showers, birthday parties, family holiday meals for 30 people. So you're not crammed into a big Mm -hmm. old room. And it went gangbusters. Like we had a ton of holiday meals and families that were... Literally on the verge of tears that they could get together because they couldn't get together in their fifteen hundred square foot home, but they could get together in this large space and still feel safe. So um, that that in itself made me realize just constantly need to evaluate what are the needs in the community so that we can help meet them.
0: What's the most rewarding part about running a nonprofit?
1: So I think part of this is just in my blood. Like, I want to leave the world a better place than when I came in it, right? Um, And I'm very much an achiever. So if you've ever taken, like, strengths (laughs) test, I'm the person that if I haven't achieved something every day, like, I'll go organize a closet. Mm -hmm. Because I have to, like, there's just something in me with that. So when I see people, there are so many people that have great ideas for businesses, right? And they just need the right connections. They need a little boost because our rates are really low because we're trying to take down barriers Mm -hmm. for these businesses um, to get started and get launched. Um, I think just seeing people fulfill kind of their purpose and their passion in life is the most fulfilling part and seeing genuinely good people do good work
0: what would you tell others that want to start their own nonprofit? What do you want
1: them to know? Well, first of all, we help for profit and nonprofit. So, um, for for profits, I actually kind of encourage people to put on the brakes a little. There are more nonprofits per capita in Indiana, or maybe it's Indianapolis than any other area in the nation. Mm -hmm. And, I think there needs to be a whole lot more collaboration with nonprofits. So if you have an idea for a nonprofit, do your research first to see what other nonprofits are out there and see if maybe you can join in on their work. Um, I think we probably waste a lot of time because there's everybody working separately mm-hmm. and they there could be more people working together. Mm-hmm. So I've, that's one thing that I tell people with nonprofits. Um, we're focusing a lot on equity and inclusion and not just diversity. So when people do start nonprofits, they often go invite their friends and family members to be part of their board. But if you're really trying to make a difference in an area, you need to get to root causes if, if you're really wanting to see something change over the long term. And that means getting stakeholders for who you're trying to help as part of that board. So that's kind of my key thing with nonprofits. With for-profit organizations, I I just say don't do it alone. Now, that doesn't mean find a partner necessarily, Mm -hmm. but find a team of people that you can dip into their knowledge and have some cheerleaders behind you, some people that can say, hey, Mel, if you're starting this business... It's not worth killing yourself over or losing your marriage over mm-hmm. or, or, you know, you, you still have to be you Yeah. before you can invest in what you're trying to do in the world.
0: Well, I think, too, kind of, you know, building on that, we hear the phrase, you know, work-life balance all the time. Mm-hmm. And when people ask me about that, you know, my response is that's a myth because my family will always be more important than mm-hmm. work. And I know you've seen this too. So many mm-hmm. people throw themselves a thousand percent into the business, mm-hmm. but you forget about everything else yeah. that was important right? and your reason for
1: doing it. Right. That's really challenging. And yeah. So self-care, it is a, it is a super common issue or problem with people starting businesses. You know, they have this dream and they, I think they sometimes forget what the motivation behind that dream was. Like they want to have a happy, fulfilling life for them and their family and they can lose their family in that process. And then especially if you add into a nonprofit or a social impact-based business, then you think you're putting on your cape to save the world, but you're making a big sacrifice to lose your own life for it. So we really try to keep that in front of our members, is you can really serve people better when you take care of yourself first.
0: Robin, why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana Original matter to you?
1: So Indiana Originals really... I think meshes well with what we're doing because it's about economic development. It's about employing people in our own community when your own community can be a little more prosperous. They can give back philanthropically. They can give back with their time. Um, The I think knowing people in your own community, too. So we really want to support. Indiana-based businesses, Indiana-based business owners. And that's great if they want to go sell and take their products to (laughs) other parts of the world. But Indiana is a great place to live. Yeah. And I actually think we might see, uh, as more people are realizing that they can work from anywhere, I think Indiana's the place to live, because I'm not originally from here, I'm from Oklahoma, which Mm -hmm. I thought Oklahoma was the place to be, but such a great community for family, and I think there's this really strong entrepreneurial spirit here, very strong philanthropic spirit, so I think Indiana has the potential to be a powerhouse in our country and we're really beautiful too. We are. Our state is beautiful. It is. It is.
0: It's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, and you can I, take a road trip and just be in it, feel like you're in a different world.
1: I know. And since I'm not from here, I sometimes hear from um, people born and raised here that they don't like all the season change, but I'll tell you, I love the distinct mm-hmm. change in seasons. I love it that we get snow in the winter. Mm-hmm. We have gorgeous colors in the fall. You get the nice extended springtime and summer. I love all the changes. Well, we love having you here. Well, great. Do you feel like a Hoosier? (laughs) Could you call yourself a Hoosier? Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Besides indianoriginals.com and our app, where do we find out more about you and how do we support your business?
1: So our website is nexusimpact.org. And we are located again at I-465 in Michigan Road across from the pyramids. Um, if you are looking for a place to just get out of the house, whether it's once a week, once a month, again, it's kind of like a gym membership. We have very economical co-working memberships starting at $49 a month. If you're looking for a place for a meeting, party, anything, we also have great space for that. So those are two of the great ways that you can support us. And when you support us, you are supporting social impact through all of the businesses that we're working with.
0: Robin Lee, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thanks, Mel. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals, Indiana.gifts, and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana Original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why Local Matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local.
1: Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. I'm going back to Indiana. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by BNW Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out IndianaOriginals.com.